What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Picks and Pucks Podcast. My name is Nicholas. I don't think I said that in the last episode. I'm going to start saying that. Uh, my name is Nicholas, by the way. Hello. Um, last episode was a hockey episode. And uh, how this podcast is going to work is basically that this you know, every other episode is going to be something different. So last week's was hockey. This one is music. And that's kind of how it's going to be structured going forward. Like you heard in my trailer if you listen to that anyway so this week's is about music now for these music podcasts i really want to just kind of take a deep dive into an album really and an an album that's like a favorite of mine it's not really going to be like a review if you will it's going to be more so you know i'm going to go song by song for sure and kind of talk about themes and get into it like that but i also just want to take a more personal look at it like what the album means to me and 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 what the important is importance is is to my life and you know how that can maybe apply to some other people's lives um so that's kind of where we're gonna go with this so i can't start off with any other album except for my favorite one i mean there's just no other way around it so this week's episode is going to be on Dream Theater's album, Metropolis Part 2, Scenes from a Memory. And yeah, this album is, there's not a note out of place. I'll just start with that. There's not a single note that's out of place. This album is perfection. This, a little bit of history on it. This is uh, Dream Theater's first concept album. Um, I believe, too, it was their first album that they uh, self-produced. Prior to this, they had producers, and before this album, I, th- I believe their producers wanted a more radio-friendly sound, and you definitely got that on some songs, but um, they, they tried to stick to their dream theater roots as much as possible. Um, but I believe this is the album where they kind of just, like, anything goes for this one. So they went with a concept album. Now... It's Metropolis Part 2, so you might be thinking, oh, where's Part 1? I'm glad you asked. Um, Metropolis Part 1 is a 10-minute song off of their Images and Words album. Now, I don't know lyrically or story-wise if there's that much content that's shared between the songs, if that makes any sense. There are some musical hints, for sure, and I will get into that as I go through the songs. Um, I mean, they do mention the miracle and the sleeper, and we get those characters more, I guess, more humanized in, in this in this album. Um, but yeah, I, most of what is shared in Metropolis Part Two and Metropolis Part One is musically. Um, so I just I'm gonna go through the songs first, and then then I'll get into like why this album has so much meaning to me. So, we're going to start off scene one, Regression. This is the intro track, of course. And it's it's interesting, right? Because it doesn't start off with music. It starts off with a hypnotist going through what is a past life regression hypnotherapy, if you will. And it's kind of shocking when you think about it. I mean, yes, it, it, it is a concept album, so those can get kind of weird and wonky. But for some, for a band as like Dream Theater, where they're so musical based, to just have it start off with no music whatsoever, it's kind of interesting. I mean, the music does kick in as this this 
you know, quote unquote song kicks in. Um, but it, it starts off with that kind of hypnotherapy kind of relaxing you, lulling you, listening to the clock tick, just kind of putting in you, putting into you a kind of headspace where you're just relaxed and you're just focusing on what's happening and what's going to happen. And I think it's a very smart decision to start off with something like that, especially if you kind of give in to yourself a little bit and actually do what the hypnotherapist is saying. I've done that before and it's, it's, it's probably the best way to listen to this album really is to kind of let what he's saying kind of take over you and let the music just kind of seamlessly enter your body, if you will. So this song kind of sets up the scene, really. Um, the lyric that always, always stands out for me is that really what in enters, what really starts the, the music itself. It is safe in the light that surrounds me, free of the fear and the pain. And I don't know, it's, I don't know if it's just the way it's sung or, you know, it's just so soft, but it's so, it's such a calming phrase and a calming melody. And it's just, it's the perfect way to enter this album. Safe in the light that surrounds me, free of the fear and the pain. It's, it's so calming. I, I love it. So uh, let's move on to the next part which is scene two part one which is your overture 1928 this is your typical overture for a concept album you'll hear the themes throughout the throughout the album in this um but the way it opens is really fascinating it has the same kind of beat that you hear in metropolis part one during the very first verse so it's interesting that it opens on that it kind of brings you right back to like oh yeah metropolis part one something about that is familiar this album already has something familiar to it and that's really important because this album is going to pull you in a ton of different directions so to have you know you're already calm now you have the sense of familiarity it's amazing that they're bringing you into that already so this is a really beautiful overture actually just as a song by itself i mean I could listen to this, even if this song was just in which an instrumental track on another album, like it would still work. It's that good. They really, they just really set themselves up really well for this. So yeah, uh, it's just, it's a great song, great way to en en enter the album. And then we go into scene two, part two, which is strange deja vu. This is your main character. And I'm going to reveal his name later because I think it's kind of important and it's important to me too. But this is your main character in your present day who is kind of explaining what's going on in his hypnotherapy and, and being in that hypnotherapy. And that's why it's like strange deja vu. That's why the title is perfect for it because it's, it's, it's interesting because it's like, it's hard to put into words, right? But it's like, past life regression is weird. <laughs> Let's put it that way. It it puts you in a place that is definitely strange, but it's supposed to feel familiar. And that's why this 
you know, song title is perfect for this strange deja vu. But that's why it's so important to have this like calming and this familiarity entering this because it it does put you in a weird place, but you also like you feel like you know it. And so that's kind of the emotions that the main character is going through. Um, you hear about him being also in his regular life, back on my feet again, eyes open to the real world. You hear him back there, and it, it's just an interesting opening to your character. So we'll go into uh, scene three, part one now. Um, Through my words, this is a really, really touching song. I'm just going to read the lyrics, honestly, and I hope no one flags me on this because, like, yeah. Um, But these lyrics are just really touching, and um, I am going to just read them off and once I get them on my phone because I want to actually make sure I remember them. But, okay, here we go. So this is Act 1, Scene 3, Part 1, Through My Words. All your eyes have ever seen... All you've ever heard is etched upon my memory, is spoken through my words. All that I take with me is all you've left behind. We're sharing one eternity, living in two minds, linked by an endless thread, impossible to break. I I mean, it's just... I'm not really a lyric guy, right? Like, for me, lyrics... For lyrics to have meaning, there needs to be a strong melody. And that's kind of how I listen to music in general. You can have really deep lyrics, but if your melody's not there to back it up to make it more emotional, it's just not gonna it's not gonna hit you as hard. Or at least for me, it's not gonna hit me as hard. But for this, I mean, the lyrics are fantastic, but the melody is also just absolutely beautiful and it's the perfect transition into what's getting into the heavier parts of the album um this sounds kind of like a love song in a way and it can be taken that way within the story but as we kind of go to find out later on this is more so about the character's connection with his past life and I don't know if he really knows that at this point. I feel like this, and I don't know if this is actually true, but I feel like this is more so of like a holistic approach of what's of that link between you and your past self, whether you believe in a past self or not, that whatever, you know, we all have our beliefs. And if you don't believe in this, that's totally fine. I don't really know if I believe in this myself, but it's just an interesting thing to explore. Um, so it's just, it's a really interesting song to go for. And that leaves us into uh, scene three, part two, Fatal Tragedy. This, I mean, Fatal Tragedy, that's pretty on the nose as to what's happening here. But this is kind of explaining um, what what kind of sets up the story, if you will. So there was a, well, what kind of is explained in this song is that it looks like I think that's the main character kind of seeing what's happened in the past. And I believe it goes into um, basically saying there was a murder suicide that happened where 
a girl was killed by her lover, if you will, because, but he was jealous. He knew that they were cheating and he was jealous. So he could not live without her at that point. It was either him or nothing. And so he was so distraught by it that he had to kill her and himself. And that's a really, really, really strong thing to just introduce off the bat. I mean, murder, writing about murder in in this kind of context, I mean, yeah, of course, a ton of metal bands write about it, you know, in gruesome ways and that's their own thing, whatever. But to write about it in a very real sense is it, it takes a lot of courage to be able to write it in a really smart way. And I think Dream Theater pulled that off with this, really. And then, but then to also, you know, write about suicide too. That's, that's always a touchy subject. No matter who's writing it, what it, what it's actually about. It's, it's a tough thing, right? Because it's such it's such an emotional thing to write about and yeah it's it's getting heavy up in here <laughs> sorry y'all but this this album is heavy i mean it really is and and heavy emotionally really so i think i might have misspoke a little bit earlier but the next song kind of really actually gets into the the, the like a, a, like a news retelling uh, of the of the of the murder and the suicide itself and that is scene four beyond this life um this is i think the longest song on the album if i'm not mistaken um but this this song definitely goes into more of like the details of what happened so i uh, want to read off to another um lyric which i think is I, th- I think kind of sets the stage of what it what uh, of what happened and what was reported in the news because it was a pretty big thing in the news in this world in this universe if you will so these are all questions and I think it was probably the questions from the main character looking back on the story so here it goes had a violent struggle taken place there was every sign that led there a witness found a switchblade on the ground. Was the victim unaware? They continued to investigate. They found a note in the killer's pocket. It could have been a suicide letter. Maybe he had lost her love. And that's like that's like the crux of this. And that's so important. And the note reads, and this is actually really also important, but the note reads, I'd sooner take my life away than live without losing you. And you are led to believe at this point that yeah that consumed him that consumed him to the point where he not only had to kill her but killed him and that's of course like i'm not gonna i'm not condoning this i don't want my tone to come off that i'm condoning this whatsoever but it's just part of the story and it's just like it's a pretty huge thing to write about right like I was saying, murder and suicide, these are 
immense topics to write about and the fact that they decided to use these topics in their very first concept album and make it work beautifully it's unbelievable honestly like this band is there's something else i mean (laughs) i don't i don't know of any other band that writes like this i've and to be fair i i don't want to say i have a limited musical preference but like i i know what i like i know i don't you know there's there's things i do like things i don't like of course but out of everything that i listen to no no one writes like this it's it's not only courage to just write about these dark topics, but then to do it in a way where it's not them like making light of it or making fun of it. It's showing it in its most human basic form and showing that it's, it's reality and then using just beautiful music to back it up or maybe chilling music, whatever the music needs to be it's just they make a way to they find a way to make it fit and i don't know how they do it but it's incredible <laughs> i absolutely love it so the next song is um through her eyes now this is the main character realizing that his past self is dead <laughs> i mean to put it bluntly she's dead yeah, and that's also kind of a crazy thing. His past self is a her. Again, I'll get into her name at a later time because, um, like, their names are actually kind of what sets this apart from me is why it's my favorite album. And it's going to be just super eerie and super just personal to myself. But anyway, this is the main character kind of reflecting on his past self's life and what she seemingly had to go through. Um, the, I I guess the best part to kind of describe the whole song is these lyrics just beyond the churchyard gates where the grass is overgrown. I saw the writing on her stone. I felt like I would suffocate in loving memory of our child so innocent eyes open wide i felt so empty as i cried like part of me had died i mean deep right and heartbreaking almost like to not really be understanding what's going on but to then having like a he he your main character has a hunch at this point and he goes obviously just beyond the churchyard gates he's going and he sees this person's name and to have this confirmed to him that his past self was not only just, you know, a vision, but was actually a real person, a person that, at, that lived and died and li- and went through this tragedy and then realizing that this was him in a past like that, that, that would be a huge realization for someone to realize that, you've kind of already experienced it. It's, it's a chilling feeling, right? I, you know, I definitely can't relate to something like that. This is, you know, not something I've ever done, of course. Um, but to kind of like 
see hard evidence that you had a past self that lived and and went through tragic events and and died for it like man i I don't it's crazy to think about um but this song is just absolutely beautiful it's it's slow which is good because the previous song was pretty up tempo and pretty intense um so it this was a good song to kind of like settle things down and, and cool off a bit but having said that we get into arguably the heaviest song on the album um scene six home now this lyrically this talks about all of the characters um outside of the main character's past self if that makes sense so there's four characters in this album is your main character your main character's past self you have i you have edward and julian and i get those two mixed up all the time so i'm not gonna like name them in this song but basically lyrically each vert there's three verses and three choruses or sorry two verses and three choruses edward and julian get their own verse and chorus and they go into depth about like what the character is kind of thinking at the time so your first verse is going to be about the character who's actually publicly with your past characters your your, your character's past self sorry <laughs> there's a lot to keep track of in this album um but anyway so they're together but this this character here I, jeez, I, I, I am pretty sure, I'm pretty sure this is Julian. I, yeah, I'm going to go with Julian. And I'm sorry if I'm wrong, Dream Theater fans. I am very sorry. It's been a long day. Anyway, um, so Julian's kind of, he's under a lot of pressure because I believe he's a politician. But the bad thing about him is that he has some, very bad uh, gambling vices. And that kind of gets explored. And not just gambling vices, but drug vices as well. Like, it, the second line uh, uh, in his verse is, lines take me higher. Like, that. how can that be, how could that not be more on the nose about, you know, a cocaine addiction, right? So, that's, learning that is, you know, it, it doesn't make him a sympathetic character, really, but it 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 makes him a human character, and also you kind of start to put things together a little bit. Of knowing that about him, you can see that there might be a strain on his relationship with your main character's past self, and that's gonna you know actually be important to what actually happens in this story. So your next verse in chorus is uh, about Edward. I believe it's Edward. I'm really sorry if I mess this up. Um, but he, this one is talking about now he's actually having an affair with your past character, your, your character's past self. And that's like huge. And I believe that's where you find that's you find that out in this song specifically that he is having an affair with her. And the line that kind of describes that is, he's my brother, but I love her. I can't keep away from her touch. 
and I mean that that just hits it on the nose. He's very conflicted because this other guy, they're brothers. I mean, I'm personally I'm an only child, so I don't know, you know, what a brother brother relationship is like necessarily. But to ha- be having an affair with your brother's assumed wife or fiance, like yikes man right but he talks about her like almost like his brother talks about drugs and gambling like they literally can't help it and that's a really it's a strong connection and strong in the sense that it's it's like an addictive connection right it's not strong in the sense that it's powerful or it's good it's it's an addictive connection and that's it's a really interesting thing to explore i mean we've already explored murder and suicide in this so let's explore addiction (laughs) too right um my gosh um yeah so this song is just intense and i i love the vibe of it too it's very i don't know why i describe these riffs like this but it's like it's got like an egyptian sounding riff it's very dark and it's it's very mysterious and i think that's perfect for this entire song um and then so the last verse or the last chorus i should say is the main character of this entire thing kind of piecing things together of what's happening and he's he's also addicted to it he's addicted to solving what actually happened because clearly what was being shown in his head and what was in the news, something was off there. And he needed to solve for this, like, badly. And that's kind of what he was trying to do. So, yeah, that's home. It's a, it's an intense song, but it's a really, really good song. And it fits perfectly within the album, too. Like, yeah, it's long, but... I think the mood that it sets makes you not really care about the length of it. If that makes any sense. It just, it's a good mood setting song. It's heavy when it needs to be. It's a little bit quieter when it needs to be. It's just, it's the, like I said, it's every note. There's no note that's out of place. And this is just the perfect song in the perfect place on the record. So now we go to scene seven, part one, which is the dance of eternity. This is an instrumental song, and I don't know if I'm getting this part right, but I believe there's a, there's a 108 uh, time signature, signature changes, which is, like, mind-blowing. I mean, just off the bat, it, it's... Again, it's a little... The beat that kind of kicks in is a little bit like the... The, the start of the overture and how Metropolis part one has in its verse. It's, it's similar, but not exact. So yeah, this song is, it might sound like it's all over the place with how much it just changes and weaves. But I think that's why the song title is perfect. It's the dance of eternity. It's, it's a dance. So as much as it, jumps around it still flows and that's what's so beautiful about this there's just there's some eloquence to this song that 
you know, not too many instrumentals that I've personally listened to have. There's something about this one that just absolutely fits perfectly within the album, but can also be played elsewhere. Um, yeah. So uh, let's get into uh, scene seven, part two, one last time. This is where, again, where the main character is exploring the story and just the, or the, the I should say the, the new story that's happened and how it just doesn't make sense. I mean, he literally starts off the song saying it doesn't make any sense. This tragic ending in spite of the evidence, something is missing. So clearly he's kind of on to something, right? Something just doesn't fit. And that's, but it's interesting that he kind of is also thinking, you know, about that, but also thinking about his life too and what's kind of going on in his own life. And that's kind of what this album is also about. It's, it's, you know, it, it is, it does have a story behind it, an underlying story that's very central and it's, it's a big part of this, but the also, also the part of it too is this character is trying to find meaning in, in his life and that's why he goes to the hypnotherapist in the first place he's trying to find some kind of meaning in his life and that can be a hard thing to do right it can be a hard thing to think about your life and to think about why you are here and what is so important about it you know, sometimes you can get stuck just in your nine to five job of waking up and driving into work and working and driving home from work and just getting caught up and then wondering, you know, what is this all for? And I think that's what's so important about this album is that it kind of explores that. And that's where the next song comes into scene eight, the spirit carries on. Now I will say I do do not believe that this is a religious song whatsoever. I mean, yes, the chorus has the lyrics, um, after we're gone, or I believe after we're gone, the spirit carries on. It's basically the crux of it. Now, I, I don't believe that that's religious. I mean, yes, the I the thought and the idea of it is religious, but I think within the context of the album, it's not a religious sentiment. It's more so of just you're feeling okay with yourself. You're feeling okay that whatever you do, you leave some kind of legacy. And that legacy is up to you. And that's what I get out of this song. You know, not not just the beauty of the guitar solo and the beauty of just the, the melody and everything. That's what I get out of this song is just that what you do, you can you can control what you do in this life. And you're going to leave a legacy behind and you get to choose what that is. And that is such a very powerful and empowering feeling that you can have. Maybe you are stuck in a nine to five job and maybe you need that for paying bills or you want to travel. That's fine. You know, 
it's okay to have your your job and be not stuck in it, but just to be in that job and wanting more. But you can you can con- you can control what you do and you can choose what you do. And if you want to leave a legacy behind, then do it. And it's such a powerful thing that we as humans have the choice to do that. And that's what's so fantastic about this song. Now, I will say, lyrically, like going back to the very beginning of the album, this does have the whole safe in the light that surrounds me, free of the fear of and the pain in it. So it's interesting that this kind of like brings the album full circle, if you will. And yeah, it's it's one of those songs that it's spiritual. And there's definitely a difference between being spiritual and being religious, right? There's just a, a feeling that you get. If you're if you're giving into this album and you're giving your emotions and yourself to this album, you're going to feel something very, very powerful when this song plays. I can't really describe it for you, unfortunately, as much as I, I, I've tried to describe it. And I, you know... I can say the meaning behind it to me personally, but you just have to listen. And this is the payoff. This song is the payoff to this album. Whether you believe in that statement or not of your spirit carrying on, it's just the sentiment, the, the melody hits you. And it's, it's a feeling like no other else. Like I, I've I, I'm at a loss for words. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> but this, yeah. So I'm just gonna. Um, I am going to carry on, uh, all pun intended, before I start mush mouthing all over everyone here. Anyway, so on to the final song, Scene Nine, Finally Free. This kind of wraps everything up and kind of wraps the main character story up. Now, this is where I introduce you to our main character. His name is Nicholas. Now, when I first listened to this album, I'm kind of dumb in a way because it's like, oh yeah, an album's really going to predict your name. But like when I first listened to this album back in, geez, I think it was 2011 now, when I, you don't hear the character's name up until this point, the last song on the album. I was definitely giving myself in to the album, right? I was giving myself into that. And that's just how I choose to listen to music. Anyway, it's beside the point. Um, But when the hypnotherapist says, open your eyes, Nicholas, that like blew my mind. I genuinely thought that this album like guessed my my name like I know that sounds ridiculous right like how can an album guess your name and it's like you know obviously it didn't but it's just when you're in the emotions of the album and you're in kind of the heat of the moment and this album and has a hypnotherapist of all things that says your name you kind of start to question it (laughs) and so that's kind of where I have a connection to this album but it goes a little bit deeper. So I'm just going to wrap up this album 
first before I get into it because I want to get to you know the meaning to me and all that. But yeah, this album goes into kind of just wrapping everything up. Um, it it goes into now. It, it I don't believe it ever actually states what happens in the story, but it does. Sh- I want to not show it, but you can hear like sound bites of what actually happens. So now what actually happens in this is that the character who is like married to your character's past self, he's the killer, not the one who could, not the one who we thought did the murder suicide. There was no suicide in this. He was the murderer. He killed both his brother and his wife for the affair. And that's huge, right? That's a really, really big deal. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, my thing is making crackling noises, and I don't know why. It's throwing me off. Anyway, it, it, it's big, right? Like, we're thinking this whole entire time, this is a murder-suicide. But it's not. It's a double murder and it's like whoa okay so he planted all of this he planted the suicide note of I'd rather take my life away than live without losing you rather than live with losing you like he planted all of this and clearly he's gotten away with it so even to this day the murderer is still out there after all of this album has gone through already, now you're left thinking the murderer is still out there. Like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's big. But it gets even deeper. We go to the very end of the album, and you kind of hear your main character, Nicholas, going home. Basically, he's going home, resting at the end of the day. He turns on some music and watching some TV, just going home at the end of the day. But you hear some footsteps coming in. And guess who comes in? You can only have one guess. He says, open your eyes, Nicholas, before the final kill is over. And holy shit, your hypnotherapist was the killer from back in the story. What? Yeah. Okay. That's the story. (laughs) And he's still alive. Like, he kills your main character. So not only did he kill the past self and the brother, he also killed your main character in the story. He's still out there. Like... Okay, Dream Theater, nice concept album you got about murder here, eh? So, yeah, that's the album. And uh, we're pushing on, wow, 40 minutes here now. It's impressive. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I will... So, yeah, that's the album. That's the story. I know it's kind of convoluted, but I just would hope that you would listen to it as, you know... It's it's definitely a very intricate album to listen to, and it's it can be very hard to listen to as well. 
Um, but it's a worthwhile listen. It really is. Um, this album has meant so much to me. And starting with, I guess, the logistics of it. Now, my name, obviously, is Nicholas. I've mentioned that. The main character's name is Nicholas. Now, your past self's character name is Victoria. Now, I don't know if I'm getting this right. My parents will have to confirm, but I remember them saying, or at least my mom saying way back in the day, that if I were going to be a girl, which is just a weird thing to think about, but if I were to be a girl, they would have named me Victoria. So, yeah, right? Like, how how do you even go to, like, process that? Like, your fa- this favorite album of mine has characters Nicholas and Victoria. And that's, like, those were going to be my names coming into just life in general. It's, like, this album was, like, made for me. I mean, like, obviously it wasn't, but like, yeah, that's, it's just, it's, it's always just been a fascinating thing to think about, you know, and I don't know if there's really any true meaning to it, but it's just, it's just a fascinating thing to think about. My favorite album just happens to have characters, Nicholas and Victoria. It's just, like I said, yeah, like it was made for me, but yeah, um, this album, seriously, guys please listen to it. I know I've gone on so long talking about this now, but please listen to it. This album has, it's 100% changed my life. Truly. It's first of all, it's helped me just see music in a different way. It's helped me see music and guitar in just ways I've not seen before. Prior to this, I was listening you know, prior to my, my first listen to this, I was listening to like Metallica and just thrash metal and that kind of things. I'm still listening to the Metallica today. Don't get me wrong, but I was into the whole four, four kind of stuff and just things that were more basic, if you will. This opened my eyes to just what music could be. It was yeah, an eye-opening, an ear-opening, if you will, experience. Um, but then as far as, like, emotionally, like, this album has really helped me through a lot of dark times. You know, I'm not going to get into it, of course. We've all experienced dark times. Like, if you... I'm not going to... No, that was... Yeah, but it's we've all experienced some dark times in our life, whether it's going through a breakup or questioning why you're here or just maybe your run of the mill, not run of the depression is not run of the mill, but just your, your depression coming on to you as it, as it does per you as a person. Cause it comes on in different forms for different people we've all experienced these dark things in our life what no matter what it is and this album has been a constant in in my life since i listened to it that can help me through it and it's not even just it's not necessarily just the lyrics it's just it's it's the melodies that come through the guitar and the keyboards and the melodies that james labrie is singing it's 
it's more so the melody that's just so uplifting and then you get to the spirit carries on moment and it, it's just it, it reminds you why it's so important that you're a human being and it reminds you why you're it's so important that you're here like guys girls trans people everyone not gonna disclude anyone here everyone we're all important you are important to this world i promise you you have meaning and you are loved and this album always reminds me of that and that's why it's so important it reminds me that i'm not alone it reminds me that i i have a purpose i guess you know it, it reminds me that i have the choice to do something great in my life no matter what it is maybe it's as simple as doing this creating a podcast and talking about dream theater you know maybe you know other people maybe it's i you start a band and you're starting in your garage and you're writing about hitting the lights and now you are 30 years later Metallica and you've changed the world through your music and influenced so many different people maybe you've just maybe you've just drawn something right on a piece of paper and someone looked at that and went like wow you're really good like this is a really good piece of art it could be anything. There's greatness in all of us. And it's so important to keep that in mind. And it's it's hard to keep that in mind sometimes. You know, life can really beat you down. It, it absolutely can. And that's what this album always reminds me of is no matter what gets in your way, you have the choice to rise above it. And hopefully, you know, maybe some days you don't have that strength, but hopefully when you do have the strength to rise above it, you do because it's important that you do. It's important that you push yourself to be the best that you can be. And yeah, not every day you, you can, and that's okay. You did the best you could today and that's really what counts so um yeah thank you guys for listening i really hope you made it this far i know i was uh kind of rambly about the album but this is my absolute favorite album guys like this i will not recommend this enough this this is my number one album i tell people to listen to if they want to get kind of an insight to what i listen to so, um, yeah, I hope you really enjoyed this. Um, I will have another one of these in two weeks from now because next week will be a hockey podcast. So until then, uh, thank you for listening and I'll see you next week.